Hello everyone, welcome to Your Health is Lit. My name is Donna Williams and I am the Public Health Queen. And I'm Charlotte Walker, the PDMP. So this month we are focusing on National Breastfeeding Awareness Month. How exciting is that? Yeah, boobs. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So in particular this week, August the 25th through August the 31st, is actually Black Breastfeeding Week. Awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about breastfeeding in our community, a little statistics. From 2011 to 2015, only 64% of African-American women initiated breastfeeding compared to 81% of white and Hispanic women. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's super low. And we have a special guest. We are so excited to have her. We have Miss Eve C. Brown. He's an authenticity empowerment strategist um, and owner of Unapologetically Thriving. Check her out. Um, <laughs> and she's a postpartum nurse. So she encounters a lot of um, these moms kind of in that critical period right after giving birth and before they go home mm -hmm. um, and has had a lot of experience with women in our community not wanting to breastfeed um, and so she's coming to share her knowledge with us which is amazing <laughs> okay so Eve what boundaries um, in your practice have you found that have equated to um, low breastfeeding uh, rates or statistics in our community Okay, so really, it's not necessarily lack of education. Um, that can be, a, I guess, a, a misconception that maybe we're just not educated enough. But usually, um, women across the board can't identify at least a couple of benefits to breastfeeding, such as for the baby, it lowers the risk of SIDS, it protects against allergies, it reduces ear infections, things like that. And they will also cite that for the mom, that it helps them get back to their... Um, their pre-baby weight, so it helps them snatch yeah. back a little bit quicker. Snatch back. Yes. <laughs> um, and they're also aware that it can also lower the risk of uh, cancers related to the uh, reproductive system. Um, so they can name at least a few benefits. The issue really is um, initiating breastfeeding and then maintaining breastfeeding once they leave the hospital or the birthing center. Um, one barrier that seems to present itself to women um, is really, um, it's a few things really, it, it's social, it's historical, and there's some cultural barriers okay. um, historically. Um, they do kind of tie that back to slavery where um, black women were forced to nurse their master's children. And then once slavery was abolished, um, some of these women were able to find work as a wet nurse, um, especially if they had just lost a child. So they're lactating. Right. So um, they are now nursing their, um, their master's children to now their employer's children, not really able to nurse their own either because they lost um, through infant loss just because of the lack of care that they were able to receive um, while they were pregnant. So it, it kind of has this um, negative connotation breastfeeding does uh, from historical perspective. Um, and then we've got some social barriers also, um, such as um, black women, um, particularly at, uh, in lower income um, professions return to work quicker. The um, 
environment isn't really friendly or conducive um, to mom continuing to breastfeed right. or pump. There's like no baby room. Right, or lactation or like that. Yeah. Because um, I found something that if you were to go out into maybe the suburbs, you may find more stores and public places um, where there are nursing rooms and nursing looks as opposed to maybe the inner right. city. Right. I actually was in the Orlando airport and they have a little mobile, um, mm -hmm. it almost looks like a giant pod, but it's for breastfeeding, which is really cool. I'm like, look at that thing. <laughs> um, so moms who are breastfeeding and they're in the airport, they can stop and, um, and breastfeed. I know mm -hmm. me working in peds, I feel like a lot of, a lot of it, speaking of like social impact it's just like the over sexualization of the black women in our bodies um and how they're viewed even though our breasts are made like literally made to produce milk and feed little humans um in our society we've like very much so over sexualized our bodies um and so it seems it is like weird for someone mm -hmm. to like breastfeed their child, which like blows my mind because yeah. it just blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and, and that's true. I actually, um, some time ago um, when I was at work, there was um, a young woman, I think this is maybe her third or fourth baby. All the other children had been formula fed before then, but she really, really wanted to try to breastfeed this one. And the father of the baby was not supportive at all. Anytime the um, baby seemed to have a little difficulty with latching, he was just, oh, just give him a bottle. And when um, someone came in to assist, this was before I started, this is what I got in report, that, um, that when someone came in to try to help mom, the other children in the room, he like got all the children and they all left because I guess in his mind that it wasn't something that children should see, like his, like the mom's boobs out to feed the baby. Yeah. 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 They try to educate him. Um, uh, I know lactation kind of went in and to speak with him and just to, um, just to give him a little bit more education. But um, my feeling was that he was not supportive of, of her breastfeeding at all. Yeah. yeah. And that's really hard when the family and everybody else around you, when they don't support because... Um, like, let's say, because those moms, these moms and moms in our community do have to go back to these jobs sooner, even if they pumped a bunch of milk mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, grandma's like dead set on feeding this baby. For, we're going to fatten this baby up and feeding them formula and you come back and they formula fed your baby and you've worked really hard to get this milk. So it's really important that mm -hmm. it's not just mom that makes the decision, but that the family, you know, everybody mm -hmm. who's going to be involved with that child um, makes the decision as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of it too, um, like we had discussed about, you know, in our community, we have this thing about like spoiling babies. Right. <laughs> um, uh, ma'am, the baby is three hours old. Please exactly. hold me. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to spoil the baby. You really cannot, you can't, you really cannot spoil a newborn. It's, no, they need that. It's really like the time, bonding time between mom and baby. Right. The, um, they need that. Those first few days of life. So no, you can. There's nothing wrong with holding baby for as long as you want to hold baby, or, or as long as he wants to be close to you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And that bonding is like you know super important. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know a lot on the developmental side. Um, 
as a pediatric nurse practitioner and those in that infant stage they are looking for their needs to be met they are looking for you know for that bonding um that trust um mm -hmm. trust versus mistrust like they're look they're building these things and it goes beyond just holding the baby like mm -hmm. you're not going to spoil an infant we very much so have this culture where we want to like make little baby independent like we know you can't talk yet but go get a job, <laughs> like, go get a job. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing um so it just you know knocking down those barriers i think are really really important yeah I agree. so to piggyback so to piggyback off what you said you said you talked about the family that the mm -hmm. that the husband really wasn't supportive so where else are you seeing lack of support for breastfeeding in our own communities? What would you say? Really, in general, it's just not normalized. Okay. That's, that's really um, where it is. Like, they tend to not, um, there's some stigmas. I mean, still, we, we see it on Facebook. On the new, I was just going to say on the news. Yeah, like I'm being ashamed for breastfeeding in public. Mm -hmm. So um, we... Um, may feel embarrassed to want to actually feed our child this way in a public setting mm -hmm. so some moms will much prefer to wait until they get home and they mm -hmm. do it behind closed doors or they wait till they get off work and they do it at night but the risk they take with waiting so long to pump because breastfeeding is really built on supply and demand the more yes. baby nurses the more milk is produced and that's how a baby is able to get a sufficient amount of milk mm -hmm. but if mom is waiting until she gets home from work and that's the only time that she's breastfeeding or pumping, then she runs the risk of not being able to keep up with the supply that the baby needs. Right. Um, and then milk dries up sooner, and now baby's on formula. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I know that a lot of hospitals and things are turning to being baby-friendly. What is that for people who don't know what like, a baby-friendly hospital is? Okay. Okay, so um, the Baby Friendly in Hospital Initiative was part of, I want to get it so I can give you the right information, um, was started back in 1991, actually, it was the World Health Organization and uh, the United Nations Children's Fund, so they launched the Baby Friendly Hospital Initiative, and it's basically just a global program to um, really implement um, what's called the 10 steps to successful breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And so a baby friendly hospital is um, a healthcare facility or a birthing center that meets these 10 steps of successful breastfeeding and they get a designation um, if they meet these steps and they maintain these steps for, um, for a certain period of time. And really the goal of it is, is just to um, educate about breastfeeding and the benefits and at and really just making mom knowledgeable. And so that way she can make an informed decision about the method of feeding that she chooses for her child and to support whatever that um, decision is at the, uh, at the end of the day. And so the 10 steps was really, it's evidence-based practice. Um, and it's just evidence that they found that shows um, that to uh, increase like breastfeeding initiation and durations, so that's what they base these 10 steps of uh, support. Awesome. So, so when do you feel like the breast education should begin if that mother has chosen to breastfeed? Education really um, should begin at the first prenatal visit. When mom finds out she's pregnant and she goes to that OB, 
or a midwife for the first time, that is where education should begin. Um, really, if there's no education done and the uh, labor and delivery nurse brings up, so are you gonna brush her bottle and she's pushing, trying to get the baby out, she really, there's really not a lot of time to give education. And then she comes over to us and it, it's more of a challenge to um, get mom the supporting family members on board with breastfeeding if she hasn't had any education until she got to the hospital. Right, right. Um, I definitely agree because I will see some of these moms and they're like, I want to breastfeed, but you know, they kind of showed me after I had the baby, but now they're like, help. And because they haven't, you know, been talked to about this from all different angles, not seeing lactation, um, you know, throughout their, you know, their prenatal visits, it's all so much with the pressure of also bringing home a new baby. I and the pressures that we know that women in our community specifically meet, like, you know, they have other kids at home, yeah. they have, you know, they have to go back to work, and all of these other barriers, mm -hmm. you know, providing that education is so key, because by the time they have the baby, it is not the time, like, they have stuff to do, <laughs> they have to get yeah. back to life, and as they're just, want, they just want the baby to be fed, um, yeah. and it really it's it's sad, so we definitely want to make sure that we're providing that education early. Do you exactly. definitely think that the um that the spouse should be included in on the education just so that maybe the spouse can know the benefits of breastfeeding and be supportive of uh his wife? Absolutely. Her girlfriend. Yeah, mom's um partner or um mm -hmm. whoever is um participating in care to the baby because sometimes it's grandma or mm -hmm. best friend or auntie, whoever's mm -hmm. gonna participate in, in that process definitely needs to be included in education. So that way everybody gets on board. Okay. Well, Eve, um, you know, let's talk about something that I see in practice and okay. then we will wrap this up. Okay. There are so many, so many people who always ask me like, okay, well, how's the, like, how do I get the baby water? The answer is you don't, <laughs> like you do not. <laughs> Until they are at least six months of age. Exactly. It literally is not safe for these babies to get water. It throws off their electrolytes. Um, not mixing the, the, if you are going to formula feed, not mixing the formula on the back of the can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to. Um, can send the baby into kidney failure. I've heard stories of babies coming in and they're in like full blown kidney failure because parents don't have the money for formula and they're trying to stretch it. It is really dangerous. And that's another pro to breastfeeding it's free it's free it's free, it's free. so um thank you both ladies yeah, yeah, like really you. unless you have like a medical issue preventing yeah, you from breastfeeding yeah it's free <laughs> yeah it's free oh my goodness um Eve we just want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to your health this yes, week thank you Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We hope to have so <laughs> many more of these conversations with you. Yes. Um, I know you have so much more to offer us um, <laughs> about like mental health and like walking in your purpose. Like Eva is awesome, y'all. We're gonna have her on. She's gonna be a regular. Uh, <laughs> she's gonna be a regular. Um, we hope that you have enjoyed this talk on breastfeeding, and we hope that you can encourage others and support people in your community. Um, there are all kinds of organizations and communities that support black women breastfeeding. 
Um, so if you just Google like black breastfeeding resources and in your city, there are so many different programs. Um, there are lactation consultants. If you talk, if you have WIC, like they will make sure that you're eating properly so you can feed the baby. Um, so there are a lot of resources out there. And we just want you guys to understand, one, the importance of breastfeeding and two, um, knowing that you can do it. My sister, I know, is breastfed all of her children. I'm so proud of her. Um, and they're awesome <laughs> humans. I love my babies. Um, so I know that it's something that can be done, even with work and all of those things. Right. Um, and it really is so beneficial, not just for the baby, but for you, for you guys to get that face-to-face -face quiet time. For some moms, that's the only time that you get. If you have three and four you know, kiddos, this is the, the only time that you really get like bonding time to spend right. with your baby. Um, mm -hmm is when you breastfeed. So we just want to encourage you guys to do that. And we thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Bye.